This is A.R. Farina, writer of the Austin Chronicles, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is a continuation of my conversation with Tony Farina from last week. If you didn't tune in last week, make sure you go back and listen to that because that's part one of our conversation and we just had one big two hour long conversation. So it all flows together very well. As I said in the prior part, all of the information myself and Tony speak about is in the description, the books that he mentioned, the musical artists, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you check out those show notes for all the information you could possibly need about myself, about Tony, guest spots, all kinds of other stuff we've been up to and prior appearances of Tony on this show too. In this part, we continue our conversation, but we talk about political apathy, the music that Tony listened to while he was writing the Jane Austen Chronicles, and all those kinds of things. It's really a conversation that's just filled with loads of tangents, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint specifically what we actually speak about. We also do talk about the English language quite a bit, and why English is so difficult for people to learn. So it's just a great conversation. Make sure you go to youtube.com slash genuinechitschat, and you can watch the full video version of this conversation as well. And if you feel like it deserves it, please consider going to patreon.com slash genuinechitschat and supporting the show because you get loads of bonus content and extra episodes and all that amazing stuff. But that's enough for me in this intro. Make sure you stick around to the end and I'll give you a little insight on what's to come for Genuine Chit Chat and a few other bits and pieces. But friends, thank you for tuning in as always and here is part two of my conversation with Tony Farina. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and I'm your host, Mike Burton. I feel like Diana could have had that power and if done, if she'd have gone down that road in the right way, we would be a more compassionate Britain. I don't think Brexit would have happened. I don't really? think. That'd yeah, be amazing. I mean, it, it was very close. It was like one percent difference, and I feel like if it's a vote, and there's that a lot close, of people who didn't vote. Yeah, God and I feel it. like if it's a vote that that is that close, when you've got a one percent difference, just say okay, we're going to table this for now. We'll do it again in five or ten years. Like why? You can't. You you don't let our pol- politics. If the if the vote isn't a substantial majority in our policy, political system, the the votes it stops it goes right okay well you both got 55 and 45 percent that's not enough we're doing it again that's how our politics works as well as coalition governments in the past because they've gone oh we've got this amount and you've got that amount if we combine we've got enough to be this Correct. majority yeah, yeah that's and how so i feel work. like we don't work that way but you do yeah, yeah. And so if you think realistically it was one percent difference because it's 51 or is it, it's like 51 52 percent to 48 49 percent uh, ignoring all the misinformation stuff was about i just think there's enough people who could have been swayed by a compassionate leader figure Her. to sway that two percent because she's even but it wouldn't even have to you know what it, it wouldn't even have been persuading the two percent it would have been getting the other people out to, to vote. vote and exactly. that to me that's the most important thing to me it's like i live in a state that when we moved here was a purple state and we yeah. meet what that means is that it was like some like it vote people vote you know, they voted for obama they voted for you know romney so you know that's interesting that's I kind of want to live in a purple state. I want that. I want there to be because purple means compromise. Yeah. It's but and the thing is, is DeSantis only won by a razor margin his first election, and it was the guy he ran against was pretty flawed, and he had a drug problem, and he had some corruption and whatever, and all that other stuff. So, if that had been a different candidate, I think DeSantis wouldn't have won. But he barely won, and then by the second election, he like rolled the guy over. And but during COVID, he was like all the crazy stuff, and now he's all the you go woke, you go broke, and I just hate him. Really, truly, he's the worst. But it's just like that. It's like one. It's it. it it's the people who in that first election, the one that he barely won. If five hundred thousand more people 
voted, or 50,000 more people voted. Trump won Michigan, Trump won Wisconsin, Trump won Pennsylvania by a combined of 14,000 votes. Now, I'm going to throw my mother under the bus because she's not going to listen, but she didn't vote at all in that. She voted for like down ballot, but she didn't vote for president. She didn't like Hillary. I get it. I'm not a big fan either. But historically, I always voted third party. I'd vote libertarian. I'd vote green party because I kind of wanted a third party. But in that election, I was like, nope, can't do it. This time it's too dangerous. He's dangerous. But so many people dislike Hillary so much that they just did. They stayed home. Turnout was low. They did the same over here. Right. It's the same thing with Brexit. So that's what I'm saying. So it's not even that the 2%. So when people are like, oh, my vote doesn't count, my vote doesn't count. Well, ask Al Gore about your vote not counting. You know what I mean? Ask yeah. Hillary Clinton about your vote not counting. Because that's like so few people. Brexit, 50,000 more people. And you know, you can't blame Scotland this no. time. No, no. Can't I, blame I, Scotland. I never blame Scotland for anything. Okay, good. Good for you. But yeah, you know, great. that's the joke. Blame Canada from yeah, the South yeah, Park. Yeah. But like the, they did everything they could do. Well, now they want to separate again because they're like, these English yeah, they're people. Like, Fuck you, they're like, we already hated the Europe. English, yeah. and now you've done this as well. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't blame you. Like, I lost yeah. a lot of faith. Not with the Brexit thing, a lot of it as well, annoyingly, was just misinformation. You know, sure. I, I, there's a friend of mine who I respect very much and respect their opinion a lot, but they voted to leave Brexit because they heard that house prices might go down. And they were desperate because the housing crisis is so bad. And this was, you know, several years ago now, and it's even worse now. But it was so bad, it was so hard to even afford a house if you're a young person mm-hmm. willing to, you know, they didn't think they were going to destroy the, I mean, the, the country didn't get destroyed by Brexit, very severely damaged in a lot of ways. And who knows how long it'll take to recover. But I don't blame them for doing that. I, it's always that kind of thing where misinformation on both sides for leave and remain. No one really sure. knew what was going on. It was a snap election done by a prick who just did it for an ego thing to try and quiet his party and didn't he realize the repercussions. He thought for sure he was going to win. He was just like, great, let's just quiet this stupid Brexit talk here. We'll call it. We'll be done with it by the afternoon. And then it fucked the whole country up. And you're like, great. Thank you, you stupid And then he head. quit immediately yeah, after. Straight away. Too. I'm gone. And it's like, yeah, great. And he, I believe he sang. David Cameron. Quit. Yeah, Cameron. Oh, yeah. Right? Such a prick. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, uh, and I, have, you know, I'm I'm not specifically left or right leaning. I'm more sure. center left, I'd say, more yeah. than anything. But if you're a prick, you're a prick. But the thing is, what happened is situations <laughs> like that occur. Facts. We, it's just it, it frustrates me when people don't take responsibility for their actions, and when you've just got all these people. It's like the whole 2008 recession, the banking crisis. Like yeah. Iceland was one of the only places that actually jailed people for it, and we we're like, oh well, well, how about you don't give yourself a bonus, but actually do give yourself a bonus, just don't tell anyone, and you're like pathetic um but that's in politics and money and all power constructs in capitalism world that's just how it kind of feeds in because the foundations are so broken and no one's willing to change it because the only people with the power to change it are the ones benefiting from the system so yeah who knows but yeah the the voting thing was funny is in southampton uh, you know where i'm from um there was a local election or actually might have been general election but we do it like not not far off from america it's it's slightly more different elements but basically a group a city all votes and then they're the representative of that city uh, is put into um, the House of Parliament and gets the vote. Yeah, the MP. Yeah. yeah, yeah, member of Parliament, MP. Um, so ours was, I think, the vote. I calculated. It, I think it was in one of the elections in the last few years. It was Conservatives who won were only thirty something votes more than Labour. So the right. difference. I worked it out that. I think it was if nine, it was thirty something. So something like if nineteen people who didn't vote had voted Labour it would have changed that seat. And that seat change would have made the majority different, which would have meant that the Conservatives in that election would 
wouldn't have got into power without doing a coalition government or something. It would have literally, there was like one in it. And that mm-hmm. translated in uh, in my city to about thir- either 30 people, it was like 20 people voting who didn't vote or 15 people who voted conservative changing their vote. It was something like that. Yeah. And it was just like, when I saw that, and I I have been politically apathetic in the past, you know, because I've tried honing in on politics and it just gets depressing and you realize that even... You'd rather read about space politics. Well, it's so much more fun because I loosely it's way know more that. Fun. Yeah. Well, it's also like if I know that someone's, you know, committed genocide, I know they're real. Whereas in this country, yeah. it, you know, when we live in worlds where our respective nations have literally committed genocide, and it's part of our sure. history that they kind of glaze over and you don't really find out till you're like 30. Um, yeah. And it's it's just so frustrating that when you get into politics, America's the worst for it, where you go, oh, here's a person on the left, here's a person on the right. Oh, but they're both still friends with Epstein. They're both still being lobbied. The, both the budgets for both sides. 40% of the whole of the America budget is still going on war, regardless of who's in power. The difference might tweak by a percentage or two, but the whole pie chart of spending doesn't actually change that substantially in the grand scheme of when you get to the trillions. And so when that was happening in America, and obviously it happens here as well, I'm just like, a point I've been so apathetic because I'm like, I don't give a shit if you're you or you, you're both going to lie, you're both going to do whatever you want to get into power. And then I think as I've gotten older, I'm more compassionate. I'm like, okay, but if this person gets some power or that person gets the power, only three laws are going to change in a year. But one of those laws could affect someone I really care about. And that's happened. like Because the conservative Same. power, I have several friends who've got issues like fibromyalgia and Crohn's and all kinds of different diseases where they need regular medication for and things. And they can't work in the same capacity that someone like myself who doesn't have any physical ailments can work so the problem is is that where certain things happen because the conservatives in power and certain benefits have been cut it means that certain friends of mine have overtly suffered and lost hundreds of pounds a month because a certain benefit scheme has been changed and it's little things like that when you look it's very difficult politics because there's a very big picture and then there's a very small picture and it's kind of like you almost have to look at each slice a little bit just to kind of loosely figure out. And then you get into the manifestos that we have, which is like a 100-page document explaining everything they're allegedly going to do, and they only do like 10% of them anyway. And it's like, I have to read, what, five of these? To, and in your in your situation, probably three or four, if you want to be, have balanced perspective. And you're like, no. I had to skim them, and even then it was like, this is rough. So I ended up a lot of the time just going on a online thing, and it says, here's all the policies. You kind of, you do like a quiz almost. It tells you political alignment and stuff kind of do that and then skim through the manifesto make sure there's nothing heinous in there and then loosely vote but the amount of research it takes to do that and oh, yeah. it's so it's hard because sometimes it doesn't do anything not do anything well, but it's it's, it's okay. very important like it is very important i don't want to downplay importance of democracy and what we have and the privilege i don't want to i want to say people should vote but i think that when you're an individual who's not directly being affected by the fringe laws it's very easy to just focus on the anarchist in me that's like fuck all of them let's fuck anyone else do you know what i mean that's the problem yeah i do no i do and i do think so there so there's two things there true all that is true but that is also the intent right so like to me like english we were talking we were talking about language and all this stuff english is a stupid language i'm an english teacher it's a dumb language it's intentionally a difficult language the easier the language to learn, the more it reaches the populace, right? So English, you can easy to speak 26 letters, not that many sounds. Really, we could get away with fewer letters. Do we need C, K, and S? Can we just pick two? Right? Like, do we need all three? Like, there's so many things. Like, do we like why is Y sometimes an I sound? Like, what are we doing? Like, we can get away with dropping I and just use Y, right? 
because we understand how sounds work. So like, because if you can spell Brian with a Y and Brian with an I and it sounds the same, what are we doing? So, but language is, the English language was was specifically, like the rules are, are archaic and really difficult on purpose so that only people in power could read it. And then if you can't read the language, if you can't read the the 100 page manifesto could be eight pages, but you make it 100 for everything that you just said, the more complicated you make it, the less interested the electorate is or anybody is. And that I mean, the whole thing, you know, when you say knowledge is power, it's absolutely true. But it's also being able to read, being able to empathize, reading books or empathy machines, you know, like whatever the book is. I mean, my book is just, you know, young adult books people walking around talking about like there's there's a bit of empathy like you care about them i hope when you're done with my books you care about the characters and you whether you learned something or didn't learn something you felt a certain way and and reading fiction reading anything is important so that when it's time to do the heavy lifting you can but it's all deliberative. And so it's like we're, we in our country are deliberately trying to dumb people down like the people who went to college who have degrees, who went to elite schools are now saying, you don't need to go to elite schools. That's a joke. You went to that school. You went there. What you don't want is this guy or this gal or this non-binary person to go to the school and get the education and usurp you. You don't want them to know what the word usurp means because if they learn that, then they're going to usurp your sorry ass because they could read your bullshit. And so like language is everything. So English was designed to keep people down. And then, and then interestingly enough, it was like nuns. It was because religious texts were written and only the religious scholars could read them. And then the preacher would stand up and tell you what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And you're like, but wait. And then the nuns learned how to read because, of course, they could read them. And then they were like, well, we should start schools and teach all these women and these poor men to read, women of any stature, as we discussed, and these poor men to read. um, And then they'll know. And then they can read the Bible. Then they read it. They're like, this seems like some bullshit, but it's also words. Now I know words and I know you're lying. And then once I have that knowledge, I can make my own thing. So it's like all of it comes down to it's that intentionality. And it's like the ability to, to, you know, like bread and circus, right? The whole thing is you just keep people fed and you keep them entertained and you keep them stupid. And and I want to be entertained. I want to watch Sharknado. I want to listen to a silly song. I want to talk passionately about Weezer. I, you know, like I want to do all those things, but I also like... I, I also know that I can do that because I can read. I can and do. And I'm not trying to like I don't care what you read. Detective comics just read the, you know, read read the newspaper, read, you know, um whatever. I don't care what it is you're reading. Read whatever it is, but you have to do it so that you can. And that is it. You make things harder, you make the language difficult, you make people feel stupid for not knowing how to read, you make people with reading disabilities People like we were just talking about universal sign language. You make people with disabilities in general. You make it hard. You make access harder for them. So it's really frustrating to me, and it really, truly does all come down to like just being literate. And, you know, and, I, and so, so that you know, it to to me that is it. The whole everything <laughs> that is the answer. Words, words are the answer. Whatever language it is, I love that you're learning Italian so you can talk to Megan's family. I'm sure they talk very fast, and even with your limited Italian, you probably can't keep up. Too but different. I love that. I love that you're doing that. That's beautiful because again, it's not that you want them to be talking. You're like, are they talking about me? Maybe, but also, 
you just want to be, that's like respectful to them. You want to be able to communicate with them and then, you know. Language is culture. Yeah. And right. And be informed when you're there. And so, you know, everything, everything to me comes down to that. And so it, it is like you talked about, like, so if Diana lived, she's there being compassionate. What did she do? She ran charity. She helped the poor. How many more kids just would have known how to read that could have read the bullshit and, and got through the misinformation and voted the right way because the spotlight. Right. Yeah. And that's all. So, so it is, it, it, and yeah, I get, I get fired up. You know I mean? It's like my job is frustrating and I know Megan has talked about it before. She and I have talked about it together. Like being a teacher is frustrating. Her job, I think is harder because of the age range she teaches. My job is getting more difficult because of the culture wars in my country. And again, the culture wars are all based on bullshit and lies. If you could just read, if you could get through the data, and 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 I always think you can always beat bullshit with facts, right? But you have to know where to find them, and have somebody's receptive. Because some people, as we read in that Michael Sherb "How to Be Perfect" book, yeah, like yeah, right, exactly. People literally, you you present them with objective facts to challenge their thoughts and their own opinions, and they will just absurdly double down and refuse yeah. to even consider. And it becomes this horrible situation where you're like, I'm. I'm literally, I'm holding a red ball. No, you're not. I'm like, but yeah. but I, I, I don't know how else they go. No, you're lying. That's actually a, that's a blue ball. You paint it red. It's like, but it's, yeah. it's a red ball. And it's like, I don't understand how much more simple I can prove to you this thing. And right. they're just like, nope, it's green square or whatever. And you're like, yeah. what do I do? Yeah, you don't. Well, Anna Kornikova, um, who's a who's a sociologist and psychologist and now professional poker player, she actually, I, there's an article of hers I use in a class called I Don't Want to Be Right. And it's about this. It's about that. It's like truncates that down in a really great. What's it called? Uh, it's called um, uh, I Don't Want to Be Right, Anna Konikova. Cool. She's Russian, but now she lives in America. She's a professional poker player. And actually, I, I actually just stumbled into one of her books about her turning poker pro. I'm like watching poker one night. And I was like, that looks like Anna Konikova. What, is this a celebrity tournament? Whatever. And it's like, and of course, then I realized I knew who she was and thought she's a celebrity enough to be in a celebrity poker. <laughs> like that's where my brain went. Not like she must have got, she must play poker professionally. Cause like, she's not a celebrity. <laughs> to me she is i use her work in class i know who she is i recognized her <laughs> and then i then it was like and then in the little thing underneath she had this book about about it called the biggest bluff and it's amazing it's a great book but i use i use her because she she does study social psychology which i find fascinating and again like michael Schur's book is amazing and i think there's a great book just did it in literature for life it's a book i read before it's called sapiens oh, um yeah i've heard of that book harari oh my god and it is, you would love it because it actually, the whole thing is like all of this conversation that we're having is not, is a fake. It's all based on lies because language is a lie. Religion is a lie. Money is a lie. Everything is a lie. Human existing. That's not, a, that's not a lie, but like language is a fiction. Mm-hmm. You can, it's a fact because we've written it down and we've created rules. We've created grammar. Like, like Megan saying Portuguese and Spanish have different grammar. That's fiction. That's dumb. Why did you do that? Because you, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a power grab is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, so it's a fascinating book. He's written three books about like humanity, but like Sapiens is so fascinating. And I think you would totally dig it. But those are the things that are important. And we need to read those things. We need to grapple with those things. We need to think the big thoughts. And but so that we can talk about Weezer, so that we can sing a song, so that we can go watch Barbie but Barbie, for all of its silliness, is really thought and smart 
and you know, in, in like it. a socially significant movie. I loved it. I think it's spectacular. I hope things swing around and they and she that in Greta wins and it wins Best Picture because it is exceptional. It's so important. But you can also look at it if you don't want to see how important it is. You can just have a good time in that opening Lizzo song where she's singing what's happening is one of the greatest things that ever exists. Like Lizzo just singing what's happening on the screen. I'm like, Lee and I were trying to break that down. Like, so they gave Lizzo this opening scene and are like, here you go. And she was like, I'm just going to write what's happening, but also make it rhyme and also play flute. And I'm Lizzo and I'm fucking awesome. And why didn't Lizzo show up as a cameo, <laughs> as a Barbie? I was a little disappointed at that, but like, that's joy like you should but but you still need to like there that's the whole thing about having the balance like you have to take it seriously like i write every i I wish i could write every day i don't write every day but i also make a choice like if i didn't like i was like i'm gonna talk to mike today i had a shit i've had a shit couple of weeks at work i was in meetings from noon my time right up until i met with you for so for two and a half hours that meeting that i walked out of could have kept going but i was like and i even said to to the boss i was like listen the thing i have to do next is just for me but I need to do it. I need to stop and do it because this is important. And this has been on my books for over a month and it's going to be fun. And I need this. We need to just have this conversation. But also, I mean, and I think we were supposed to talk about Welcome to Mansfield because you I've, finally finished we've, it. We've still got, um, I mean, I finished it a little while no, ago. No, have it's you fine. Know, good and sir. it's totally fine. We've no, still got totally time fine. and I have, I've got no. it on my note. I was waiting for you and I no, will no. ask you a question about your damn it's book. Okay. That's so not I was going to finish point. on no, it. The, the point is, well, thank you. But the point is, it's like, just us doing this, just yeah. us having like these things are important, but we we can do these things because you find the balance, right? You have to. You it all comes down to that. It's just like we started talking about, like you know, filming everything. It's like finding the right balance, and I think that is the answer. Like, be super religious, but don't let that control your life. Like, be aware of the fact that, and again. If if you're super religious, don't read Harari's book. You're going to be really mad. He's <laughs> when he says whatever you believe in is a lie. You're going to be like, oh, no, it isn't. And you're like, it is. A person made up your religion, just like we discussed. Your king made up the Anglican Church. There's a now- reason. Well, there's also there's a reason why 99.9 percent of all evolutionary biologists are strongly atheists <laughs> there's correct there, there yeah. is clear scientific reasoning why right. generally yeah. speaking the more you delve into scientific study the less religious you become because it's like once you see behind the the wizard of oz curtain it, you it's don't not as special back. which is fine yeah. I, and i'm i'm fine with people believing there's some sort of you know deity i don't i think everything i don't is, begrudge anybody no, and because if sp- that brings you comfort right yeah, that's 100%. all that matters and yeah. i speak to people i've had on the pod people like tonya bz and radhika who have different religious um beliefs and things which i completely respect because they're lovely individuals and they're not you know trying to use religion as a way to essentially give weight to their bigoted views because they're lovely people um but like it's one of those things i'm like i don't believe in a god i don't think so but if there was one cool it's kind of like simulation theory to me i'm like i'm whether or not there is a deity or whether or not we are in a simulation i'm still going to live exactly the same i do things for people because I know it's the right thing to do and because potentially biologically speaking it gives me serotonin when I do nice things not because I think I'm going to get rewarded in a pseudo afterlife which the interpretation of what your reward will or won't be and what this weird point system is depending on which variety of religion got you my, choose. I've got my god checklist let's well, it's a see good what place. did I do today yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. Like, oh I, I subscribe to the Abrahamic religion well you know there are several and they all have slightly different meanings and slightly different interpretations on what is good and bad and just all that nonsense I'm like no I'm 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 just going to try. I'm going to. I like the concept and idea of Jesus, 
And so I'm very loosely going to be like, yeah, what would Jesus do? Probably not be a dick or maybe get a sword out. I don't know. Um, but Jesus would definitely not be a dick. That was not no, his thing. That's yeah. that's that should be the rule of all religions. Just don't be a dick. It's, don't it's be not dick. complicated. It's But the core really of a lot of religions have that, you know, you know, do well, unto the neighbor. Rule, right? Do that's unto the do do to others as you, yeah. would, as you would have them do unto you. Don't be a dick. Yeah, no, yeah. I totally agree. Um, uh, uh, Christopher... It'll come to me. There's this book called Christopher Moore. There's a book called Lamb. Have we discussed Lamb together? We've not discussed Lamb together. Christopher Christopher Moore. There's a book called Lamb, and it is called the the Gospel According to Biff, Jesus's best friend. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It is amazing. It is so amazing. So it's told from Biff's perspective, and he grew up with Jesus, and he calls him Joshua, like because that would have been the closer translation to Jesus. Like he's yeah. like I I called him Joshua, and so like there's this whole thing of like them growing up together and like as as jesus starts to get his powers biff is always there and um and so like there's a whole thing right before the sermon on the mounts where jesus and biff are talking and he's like well, what are we going to do what are we going to do for these people and he's like so biff's trying to help them take notes and he's like biff I, we're, we've given the poor this we're giving the lepers this what about the dumb fucks and he's like we got to make sure we give the dumb fucks something because people can't be misled and biff's like no no that's all you do is help the dumb fucks you don't need to say them everybody's gonna know he's like no biff it's got to be so it is one of the most spectacular i mean and again if you are easily offended i wouldn't say but it's like it is it's just like when when we talk to mark we talk to mark I was about say, Island. Like second cup second coming, second coming is such a religious that is such a pro-christianity book second coming but people would get so mad about it but like they're missing the point they totally missed the point second coming is like jesus is super awesome and who's a dick old school jesus Old school uh, Jewish God is a big dick, right? The Old Testament God is a huge asshole in that, and like Jesus is like just a hippie. And my favorite thing is the in the in the Second Coming when he like bumps into all the like anti queer people, and Jesus is like, "What is this true?" Like the signs of that all the like, and he, oh my god, so good. But yeah, I think it, it, Christopher Moore's Lamb is so spectacular. And again, it's an interesting commentary on what religion could do. The thing I'm for religion is that it gives you guidance and it gives you peace and it gives you rules because you don't have a good moral compass. Then great, do be afraid. Like because fear with a capital F, mm. you have to be afraid of God to not be an asshole. Fine, I'd rather that you're afraid that God is going to smite your ass so that you're not mean to your neighbor. I would just assume you don't need. Like you should just wake up and be like. I don't really like her, but I also am not going to push her over the balcony. Let's just stand. <laughs> let's just not engage. And that's the best, that's the best you can do. So, but if you need religion to tell you not to push your old neighbor off the balcony, then you need it. Right. So I'm for religion because it stops, you know, matricide. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's, it has a lot of benefits. It's just frustrating that, you know, like every single construct we have in modern society capitalism the monarchy whatever it all of it just kind of ends up being is it's the reason why communism can't ever really truly work is because there's always someone more equal than others if you have every member of the population completely equal but a tiny percentage of people who have the control they will you know power power corrupts it's just human nature even if it wasn't those collection of people even if you made a communist society that worked you had 20 people being the council or whatever and they were all the best people ever eventually a piece of shit's going to get in there and eventually there's going to be several of them and then eventually you've just got this horrible thing that doesn't actually work properly because human nature in a lot of ways unchecked human nature fucks everything up which is why free markets the idea of free markets is just insanity because anytime any corporation can make more money 
for any cost. They always fucking do. Because that's the point. It's why the corporation started. That's why the mechanic started being a mechanic to make money to support his family. It's not his fault that old Joe's company got bigger and bigger and bigger and then became this thing. And then over, you know, five generations, this Nepo baby is in charge of this multi-billion dollar mechanics and car manufacturing company. Like, it it doesn't... The constructs need to be in place to kind of uh, filter out and kind of uh, my view of what a government should be is a, a kind of the last parameter of things like let people be good people and kind of you know uh, do what they want loosely but just in case they go too far let's have police let's have laws let's have things in place let's have a cap on what people politically can spend in campaigns because yeah. it's better for everyone it's, it's little things like that but with that all in mind Tony with that all in mind there's a construct that you've been creating, which is a, a shared universe I have. of Jane Austen. It's, it's funny. I didn't mean to, I wasn't trying to be a dick. I, like, we I, just started talking. No, so it's no. fine. I you wanted to make like, sure okay. it wasn't just a five minute quick thing at the okay. end because we've got a little okay. bit more time. Um, but I read your book a while ago, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've spoken loosely about I it. I saw since. a lovely review on Goodreads. Yes, I did leave you Thank one. You. And I'm, I'm planning on recording a lovely review for you audio-wise at some point. Ooh, not, after, not just for after you. Thoughts. Nice. After thoughts, but I might release it to the public. I'm trying to collect... I'm trying to catch up before I go to America and get married and all that jazz. I'm trying to collate a lot of afterthoughts content as well as some genuine chit-chat content. And so I can just... Before I go yeah. away, just, you know, release it to the world. And I'm aiming for one of those to be that. Um But... Yeah, it's. It, I'm doing it in chronological order. I've specifically not finished How to Be Perfect by Michael Schur. I'm on the last chapter. So I'm good. not finishing that last chapter, which is only, I think, about eight pages, because I've got six other book reviews to do. I recorded one the other day, so I've got five book reviews to do. And then once I've done them, I'm letting myself finish the book so I can do an afterthoughts on it. Nice. But I did finish Welcome to Mansfield a while ago. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it was a couple months ago now, actually, I think. Um, and I loved it. Um, it's Thank behind you. me, actually. I, I was meant to get it out... And do what I do when I speak to other amazing accomplished authors and put it on my special little stand behind me. Oh. Um, but I've actually got Eye of Darkness there. But I, I here's see. the book. Yeah, so I've got oh, it physically. Nice. And I bought it specifically in hardback. You did, um, which has got the co- which has got my picture on the back and the on the inside flap. Yeah, your nice little yeah. silhouette. Yeah, all of them will be in silhouette. Because that's on your website, the- isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so the covers are will also always be a silhouette. Yes, I remember you saying because you were yeah yeah so the it'll be that yep yeah that yeah. cool the hardcover is cool because when you take the when you take the book jacket off yeah it's still the cover yeah I think it's covered without any text isn't it yeah isn't it that's so pretty we didn't know that I didn't know it was going to be like that until I got a copy yeah because I, I got um, my I, I always want hardcover there you go there it is nice so cool. I, I always cool. prefer things in, in hardcover um, because a value is one thing but also I just like the hardiness like if I I like. I like listening to certain audiobooks, but I like physically having a book in front of me. Uh, I mm-hmm. like having some sort of trophy of my ima- sure. uh, imaginary conquest. And so it's, yeah. I loved the book. Um, Thank and you. we spoke about the book before its release. We did. Um, so I hadn't read it, and I knew nothing about Jane Austen, apart from yeah. listening to the audiobook of Sense and Sensibility. And then, Emma Thompson is the narrator, correct? Yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was Emma Thompson. The, the collection yeah. was done by a group of very uh, interesting uh, British women, and I believe that was one of them. Um, but it was brilliant, um, and I hadn't consumed any Jane Austen content. And your book was so enjoyable 
that it broke my spell of only reading Star Wars content. Like I, I mentioned that, that to you in the, the uh, thousandth show, thousandth Comics Emotion episode, um, which will be released in the coming weeks. March. It's just gonna well, yeah. yeah, probably two Sometime months. Sometime in probably March at this point. Yeah, probably yeah. probably before April twenty four. Um, but it's just because you know releasing content on Comics Emotion, yeah. we need to get to episode nine 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 before we release yeah, yeah. the thousand episode. Um, but. You, reading your book, it actually it, it made me want to read more non-Star Wars books because I've always I've always known the the dissonance in my own mind, which was always been I like reading Star Wars books because if I read a book that's not that amazing, but it's Star Wars, it still adds something to the world or in my the lore world of Star Wars. And even an okay Star Wars book, I still get enjoyment out of it. I, st- I have, have sure. the joy. Um, but what I've been doing is overloading myself with Star Wars content. And because every time I consume Star Wars content, I was making a podcast about it or whatever, it was becoming a job. And every book I'd read, I'd read a chapter, then I'd have to write down a bit, et cetera, et cetera. And it got very tiresome because I, I didn't want to just... I was basically rewriting the plot down of a book I was reading, but I had to stop every time I got through a chapter and some interesting character popped up. I had to make note of it. So I took a break and I read Book of the Mansfield because obviously I wanted to support you. Um, and I enjoyed it so much. I was like, I need to now put a line in the sand it's one of the reasons why i've reduced my comics and canon output to read more non-star wars content instead of being the fear that it's not going to be good is that primarily get recommendations from people i trust so i know it's not going to be bad like i do the weird thing is with movies that are not connected to the mcu i love independent i don't like franchise movies very much unless it's horror or unless star wars or horror i don't mind mcu stuff you know but i don't like franchise movies that much i really love standalone that it's you sit down and you, you start a journey you finish the film and that's the end of the journey i love that so reading books that work that way like when I've been reading Babel and stuff, I'm like, I can just pick up this whenever I want. There's no pressure to finish it anytime or right. read it after I have to write notes or anything. And so your book spring-loaded my wanting to consume sort of less Star Wars content and stuff. So now that it's been out for a while, you know, mm-hmm. um, we won't delve into the plot because we have to do an entire podcast on that, really. And I know we've got, we've loosely discussed plans in the future to uh, do something sure. with yourself and with and with Ada. Anything. Yeah, yes. yeah. She yeah, and I, yeah. I have my meeting with my publisher yeah. in two days. Mm-hmm. So I'll have more information. Ada and I were just talking. And she's like, why don't we do that thing with Mike? And I was like, listen, man, I don't know. I don't know when the book, I don't know when the audiobook's coming out. So once the audiobook comes out, yes, we'll, we'll be give back time on. That'll be like the, the promo yes. thing and for you that. Can, you can make Ada do all the voices live wow. on the show. That'd be a good preview. It'll that be amazing because Maggie's British. And you can, adju- you can, um, you can see how she did. So I want, well, yeah, that that would be good. I, I like uh, judging <laughs> Americans doing a British accent. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, I I love the book. To clarify, um, Thank and you. I know it is technically a franchise book because shared universe, it but it works as a standalone. You don't need to. That's the hope. Know. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But it, like, it works so well, and I know nothing about Jane Austen. Um, I've been to her house because of you. I which went is there amazing. Which but I I've d- got the picture of that. Yeah. And Lee has the little book you sent sitting on her desk. Yeah. yeah. So I've done. I I know very little about her, but uh, we spoke a little bit about adap- how to adapt to work and things like that. But I want to ask, like. How is two two pronged question because we are running out of time. But like, um, what is what has your experience been with the book um, since its release? Because I know you've done quite a few talks and things that have been really really cool to hear about. And then mm-hmm. I'm only saying this. The, the question is separate, but I'm saying it because you and I will go on a tangent. Otherwise, yeah, is music and Mansfield. I know yes. that could probably be a whole podcast in itself. But the you touched on it earlier with Tesla yeah. um, and Junior. So like. Music and Mansfield, how has music interacted with your writing style? So you can sure. answer False. either of those. Okay. So the books, it's been amazing. I mean, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm selling books, some. And it's, so people out there, like people I know and who are my friends and are reading my book. And that is very awesome. Um, you can go to worldcat.org um, and somebody 
has, and you just type in welcome to me, it's worldcat.org is the world library. It is, it has, so not every library puts their books into WorldCat and not every library is, is detached, but most of them are. There is a library in England has a copy of Welcome to Mansfield. I don't know who put it in. I don't know who requested it, but it's amazing. Um, uh, so I check that every once in a while. So it's just cool to be like, oh, this library in uh, the University of Colorado at Boulder it now has, and, and one of my one of my admissions advisors, I went to school in Boulder, but I didn't go to UC Boulder. I went to Naropa, but so I know somebody who teaches that, who works there now. So he must have, Hayes must have requested it. It's insane. Um, so, and uh, my friend, um, Amber, who went to school with me, grad school with me, she's a, she works in a library, and so she's getting it for her library. So that's like that's still the dream. I want everybody to request it for their library. If every library in the world requests the book, it's a bestseller, and nobody ever has to buy it. And then it's access, and it is communism, right? Socialism exists in the libraries, and I'm here for it. So it's been very cool um, to see it in libraries. I we went down, we did a video of us found in the wild. We went to the library in the next county down. Myself. Yeah, and it's there. There's a video of it there. So that is very cool. That is cool anytime that happens. So I love when people buy it. I love that people want it. I can't wait for the audiobook to come out with Ada. But like seeing it in libraries, because again, that's where the poor kid, the poor kid in me was like the library is the place, right? That it makes it accessible to everybody. So I would love everyone to buy one, but but if you can't afford it, request it in your library, physically or digitally on Hoopla, on Cloud Library, on Libby, whatever your library app is, request it. And then, you know, request a physical copy if you can. And that would be amazing. Like, the more people, the more libraries is in, the more people it's in front of. So that has just been cool to see it in libraries and just to have the talk. I did a book talk last week. There'll be a video. It should be out now. Lee probably put it out. She does all my social media. So if you go to Instagram, there's probably a video of me doing the book talk at Copperfish Books here in town. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And then a book club, actually, a local book club has picked Welcome to Mansfield for their March book. Oh, and so they've invited me to their book club meeting, and and um, Jacks Jacks Emma is um, going to pick Welcome to Mansfield for her pick. So I'm going to zoom in to her book club whenever it is. So like that's what I would say too. If people are like, "Hey, Welcome to Mansfield," if you pick it and you reach out to me, I will come to your book. I will come and talk to you at your book club. And there's questions would, at the back for book clubs. There are book club questions at the back. Yes, which is super cool. Um, so that has been going well. So the music. So I. Before I was diagnosed with ADHD, I had it, right? You don't have to get diagnosed to have it. But I love music. Um, I have been listening to music. Like, there's like pick, but like there were very few pictures, you know, like, again, pictures were expensive, but there was a flood at my parents' house. And so all the pictures are gone. But when I was little, there was a picture of me, little me with these over the ear headphones like this, laying in a be- in a bean bag in the, in the downstairs with the record player. And they were like, you know, back then when over-the-ear headphones were the only things you could have, listening to music. I would lay in the beach. I would listen to the Beach Boys, and I would listen to them nonstop and uh, just lay there and stare at the ceiling and sing songs. And then I would read and listen to music. And still to this day, I hate the silence. So I have my carry around my little MP3 player. Lee can't read with, with the radio on or music on. So I will listen to music while I'm reading. I'll listen to music while I'm working. I'm like doing discussion posts. I'm reading the words my students are doing and I'm typing and I've got music on constantly. So every book has a soundtrack and I don't know what the click is going to be. When I made the decision that Junior would like classic rock, um, Tesla was always kind of my favorite band from that era. 
so you know you write about what you know but i also listen to different music so so if the whatever album is mentioned in there i was probably listening to that album at the time but the reason i did that is because it's true like we like what our, we grow up liking what our parents like and then we evolve or we don't and i know know people who like people my age who don't listen to any music that was released after 1968 because that her grandma is like she's like grew up with a grandma loved the 40s and 50s and 60s music and that's all they listen to listen to those don't don't care about modern music at all but i made junior like she's so desperate to bond with her dad who's very distant and so the thing that she could find a way in was music i definitely bond with people over music you and i talk about music all the time that's why i love doing the show the mandatory music show because it's like a way for me to like get to know max and dave even more by the song by the albums they pick I want to say um, you directly have affected mine and Megan's relationship for the better because yes! you recommended AJR, AJR, which is her favorite yeah. band ever. And I, you, because of your love of Weezer, I already liked Weezer, but because yeah. of your love of them, I delved deeper into Weezer, yeah. got the Weezer fever, and then you and I did the whole discography. We and did. Weezer's one of Megan's other favorite bands. So That's it's AJR and Weezer, and they're obviously very closely connected because featured songs and all kinds of jazz. Songs so I just, yeah. because of you, yeah. me and Megan, we already I liked a few bit, bands and artists similar, but Weezer yeah. and AJR are like our bands that we, whenever new music comes out from AJR Weezer, we're both equally excited for it. That's and amazing. there's no other bands that are like that, really, apart that's from maybe nice. A World Nation. So that's for you to yeah. thank, I just want and to say. I th- well, I, I'm happy to, to to share that joy. And actually, AJR reminds me of the Beach Boys. I've talked about that before, is that they're brothers, they're melodic, they write these amazing songs. They're ahead of their time. They do different things. They're, they're like somehow pop music people somehow are listening to them but like if you listen to good vibrations it still doesn't make any sense how that song exists like and he heard that in his head and then he wrote it like brian wilson was a genius and is a genius good vibrations is perfect like it's i can't i I can't even understand it and i love it and it's like it's in the film love and mercy the woman who the character who plays Brian's wife says she called it his pocket symphony to God. That's what she called. That's the only way she could kind of describe it. Again, I'm not religious at all, but I'm like, that totally checks out. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like good vibrations shouldn't work, but it like blew my mind. So music is just always there. I'm always listening to it. I've got favorite bands. Obviously I love the Ramones. I grew up on the Beatles. I grew up on the beach boys. Um, I love Motown stuff, but, but like, as I grew, like, I've always, I like all kinds of stuff. I like hip hop. I like, um, I like punk a lot. But I gravitate towards different things and, and different different characters. So like when I was listening, when I was writing Welcome to Mansfield, I listened to a lot of Tesla. I listened to a lot of Van Halen. Uh, I listened to a lot of Def Leppard. But like some, I listened to Queen a lot. And and some albums, though, some Queen albums just didn't quite work, like different, different eras of Queen. Because Queen is one of the greatest, you know, most talented bands of all time. But they also they kind of do different concepts. Like some of their albums are a little more out there and a little less rocky and a little more, you know, disco-y. And those didn't always work. Like I couldn't write to that. Um, there's a singer songwriter I really like called Eric Hutchinson. He's, he's out of Washington, DC and he lives in New York. Well, he and I have seen him maybe five or six times. Um, actually that right there, I don't, you probably can't see it very well, but right in the middle there, hmm. that thing is signed by him. Oh, wow. So I, yeah. Um, I was in I was in his Patreon and he was giving stuff away and I won that as part of being in his Patreon and then when he was here in Fort Myers we went and saw him and I took that and he signed it. Oh wow. So he we got a glass marker so he could sign it so it's written to Lee and I. So it's pretty oh. cool. So but I love Eric and I listen to him all the time. But I cannot write to him for some reason. Every like I don't know what it is there's just something that doesn't there so as I'm listening to the music 
and I'm creating the song palette for the character, um, that is the music I listen to. So like with the will, which I wrote my for my MFA dissertation, seven different characters speaking in first person present tense. So there's different voices, different everything. So each character had a song that opened that got me back into them. One song that I could listen to, I could turn that song on and into that person's mindset. And then I, then they each kind of have their own music that they listen to. So as I would switch characters, if I'm writing as Will, he likes cake. There's a song called Shadow Stabbing by Cake that is start, starts with the sound of a typewriter. And I love that song. So anytime I switched to Will, I played Shadow Stabbing, and then I would listen to Cake. Every time I wrote as um, Honey, I would listen to a lot of like more angry ska for whatever reason. That was her. That was her music. She's angry. She's so the, each character kind of had a different soundtrack, and it just always works. It helps me be them and find them. Compartmentalize almost. Yeah, and so for the second book, for Maggie's book. I set it up that her mom is kind of a music junkie. And so she just kind of grew up liking all kinds of music, but it was the, the singer songwriter, Matt Nathanson, who was the big key for me. So I listened to a lot of Matt Nathanson while writing. So and way, so way he, back. Yeah. The way, way back. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Love that song. And so he, he, he's like the focal point. Like Tesla was the focal point. He was, the, he's the focal point for the second book. So there's lots of different songs and then I create the playlist. So you can go to the website and go to the music section and the playlist for the book is there. So you can listen along. Um, so I'm putting the playlist together for the third book already. That's a little more a little more eclectic because I didn't none of the songs can take can be later than the book. Because the book the, takes place in 1989. Yeah, yeah. About. yeah, I remember. But I will, but as I told you, I was actually listening to um to the symphony, the Weezer Symphony, while I was writing. Um, the third book it was just on it just kind of came on and and it just was happening and i wrote like a boss for like an hour and a half so then i was like oh i guess mary bennett is gonna like weezer and so i already have this whole thing because weezer will happen in real life just a couple years after she goes to mansfield so it's mary bennett who's the president of mansfield college but it's her how she gets to mansfield and wins the gift as a teenager so i already had this line written for the fourth book She's going to be talking to Jane Fairfax about something. She's going to make a Weezer quote. She's going to say a Weezer line. And Jane will be like, you like Weezer? She's like, I was there. Hun, I was there at the beginning for Weezer. Like, how old do you think I am? And so I can't wait for that line because – So, but I couldn't write Weezer in to that. So just the characters – so some music works. Some music doesn't work. Some music is a distraction. Certain albums um, – don't work so like I really love Amy Mann, but Amy Mann didn't go solo until after. So a lot of till like till Tuesday just showed up in in May. And so because Mary is a little more eclectic, there isn't one particular thing. Early REM has really helped with this with this album. Um, Fleetwood Mac, which is Lee's favorite band, that's one of Megan's favorites. Yeah, they show up a, a lot um, in there. So yeah, the music just matters. And so I I I, I don't. I can't imagine not listening to music every day. There's never a day that goes by where I don't listen to music. I, we listen to we listen to the radio when we eat dinner. So then it's just random, which is fun. Um, we'll stream it though. We like iHeartRadio because you can control it a little bit better. But like the local radio is fine too. There's just so, the commercials are so much longer. Like iHeartRadio, it's like song, song, 30 second commercial where regular terrestrial radio is like, Song, song, four minutes of commercials. So I was like, I don't want to buy a car that much. 30 seconds. Every Listen, I'm telling you, people would listen to terrestrial radio and watch terrestrial TV more if it was like every com- there were more commercials, but they're only 30 seconds. Agreed. I, I watch a show called Taskmaster and it airs on Channel 4 
my main channel uh, yeah. our fourth main channel and yeah. also on youtube they've got all the episodes up to a certain season on youtube yeah. youtube adverts are f- either five seconds or a minute right. whereas the channel four ones are between like three minutes and six and i'm like i'm just gonna go straight to youtube right exactly so you get it so anyway so that is the music thing so there's the music matters to me and so like jane fairfax who's the fourth book um she's i'm she's a piano player so i'm slowly like I already know Sarah Bareilles will probably be mm. there as part of her soundtrack. Ben Folds. Oh, nice. I, tr- I yeah, I try to pick the music that they like, but it also kind of has to be music I like. And sometimes I'm surprised. Like, um, Mayor, I was listening to some early Tom Waits, um, and, and you know Tom Waits. I don't know if you know who Tom Waits is. <laughs> um, do you know? Did you ever see the? Do you know who he is? The singer Tom Waits. I, I know the. I know the name. And I'm fairly certain He's, I have heard some of his songs. So let me yeah, go. Yeah, he acts now. You, you know him more as an actor. Like he he was the guy in Book of Eli who was who oh, owned the junk shop. Love, and the, love yeah, Book yeah. of Eli. That's that's Tom. That's Tom Waits. Right. So, but like anyway, so I was listening to an old Tom Waits song, and it was like I it really worked really well. And all of a sudden, I wrote for like an hour without thinking, and I was like, turns out Mary likes Tom Waits. I didn't know. So you just never know. Like I try, like oh Mary's totally gonna like this, and then it just I can't write, and I just have to stop, and I'll switch to something else. Um, so, so the music, every, every book has its own soundtrack, every character. Cause we all like what we like and we don't like what we don't like. And I feel like it's weird for me because I know people think it's strange that I write while I'm listening to music with words and I'm not typing those words, but it's because, and it only can be stuff that is like, as Weezer would say, that are my heart songs. I have to know the whole album. I listen to the albums. I don't write to the radio. I have to listen to the album. And so I know the order. I already know what the next song is going to be. Like it's in me, it's in my soul. So it's like, oh, this I'm listening to this Michael Penn album, which I love him. And so Amy Mann's husband, by the way, Sean Penn's brother, Michael Penn. Um, so I already know what comes next. Like, oh, if this happens, so I don't the song happens and it just lets me flow. So I am singing along. I'll even be like saying words out loud while I'm typing. I'm singing the words to a song while I'm typing other words. So yeah, it just it I I I really don't do silence very well like i'm the same we listen we listen to music at night and then when i can't sleep i actually put my headphones in and i'll actually listen to the bbc right listen to talk radio and that puts me to sleep at night that's yeah that's one step beyond me um you you are definitely more of an audiophile not in a native way but then i am i'm yeah yeah. megan gets frustrated sometimes because i always want music on or something all the time always every yeah and the only times i don't is podcasting when i read it pretty much has to be classical music or lo-fi or something but i normally prefer to read in silence for the most part yeah. um and then sleeping silence um i if i sleep with something playing i end up being in that half dreaming state where i'm awake but i'm daydreaming and i can see whatever it is I so if it's a that. song i'm super familiar with i can just see the video or i'm a very visual person i've got loads of music videos i've written down like minute for minute of what i would if i had to make a music video because i used to make music yeah. videos um, and so there's loads of songs I hear and I've just got an image in my head. I know exactly how the music video would go in everywhere. It's just what a simple concept. And when that happens, and if I'm laying in bed trying to sleep and I hear that song, um, then that's what will happen to me. But aside from that, writing emails and stuff yeah. at work, either ridiculously nice. heavy or lo-fi stuff or classical, generally. Nice. W- w- stuff with words I can write a bit. Um, but we could that's talk it. for could. another two hours easy of course but we've, we've got stuff to. we've got a life we, to life we to can't do. just talk life. to each other Lame. no i know but i've written down a lot of you, you're going to make me work for the show notes tonya's going to be happy uh because everything you've mentioned i think you are we, better at that like, than me i'm just like whatever 
I, my show I, notes are so the, bad. The problem is I get complimented on it so often, and now you it's do. like you it's can a big win an part. award for show notes. So I, know. I have to make it so that all the musical artists that we've mentioned, all I the books recommended, just yeah, okay. It's I've I've written them all down. Um, if I okay. can't find any because of spelling, let you know, know. I'll, yeah. I'll let you know. Um, but Mister Ar Farina, that's me. Anthony, who I've never called you Anthony, and I don't like it. No, for, no. Well, yeah. you Americans, do you say Anthony? We say the H. Yeah. You guys are so weird. But you can you? spell Anthony like Anthony Blinken, our yeah. Secretary of State. He doesn't have the H. You guys, what are you doing to our language? Ugh. Dude. Um, and our Sundays. <laughs> and our Sundays. <laughs> Tell people where they can find you. Links will all be in the description. Yeah. Well, arfarina.com is the place to, is the place to be. And that gives you links to everything. You could sign up for my newsletter there. And every month you get like, I know, like I love reading Tanya's newsletter. I love reading Allison's newsletter. You find out what's going on with them. I like write an essay because I just can't help myself. You do. You, it's I like do. a short story in <laughs> every letter. It's like I have to put time aside. I'm like, yeah. I need the toilet. Um, is it yeah, going to be I, number one? If so, yeah, I can't yeah, read the news. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I write a little essay. It's about like this Shut one up. was January. So fresh start. So I send that out once a month. You can sign up there. If you sign up, if you're a new sign up, um, I will send you a link if you haven't read Welcome to Mansfield yet, but you would like to. I can send you a link to where you can get an ARC and you could get the ARC, the digital advanced reader copy, in exchange for a review. So if you have read Welcome to Mansfield, Goodreads, Amazon, leave a review, wherever. Reviews are reviews are currency, apparently. So, um, But I meet with my publisher in a couple of days, and so I find out the release date for that other Dashwood girl and the book three, which is called Universal Truth, which is uh, Mary Bennett's version of Pride and Prejudice is at 95,000 words and counting. So I should be done. I mean, pr- the publication date of Pride and Prejudice is the 28th of January. So the dream would have been to have been done by then. But since I only started the book on July 1st and it's January 23rd and I'm 95,000 words in, I feel okay. Yeah, so you've done a good job. That's what I'm up to. And you could go get, um, you're going to have Scott Weatherly on soon and you can mm. pick up Waxing and Waning, Essays of Moon got, Night, because I'm in there. It is, it's downstairs at my bedside. Ready That's to good, read. I'm, I'm just rereading the the eighties Moon Nut Moon Nut Run, and then bit of the two thousand six The War on Ellis. The Lemire, run read the, the Jeff Lemire one. That's what I wrote about. I the see. Jeff Lemire one. Yeah. Which year I'm was that? Saying, the Lemire. I don't remember. Twenty sixteen, okay. maybe. I it's the one I'm, that the show is based on. Oh, okay, amazing. Well, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will definitely uh, look into that because I've got a little. That's note. a really good one. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm in there. I'm around. Um, wherever I'm on Comics in Motion, Indie Comic Spotlight, Seasons Greetings. Keith and I are actually going to steal this idea. We keep thinking like Keith wants to do a regular podcast and we keep coming up with different things. So we're going to start one soon. It's going to be called Keith and Tony Talk About, and then it'll be whatever we feel like that. Instead of like trying to do a whole thing, it'll be like this time it'll be the TV show Legends of Tomorrow. And the next time it may be the original Flash. And the next time it might be like the Nightfall series, whatever we feel like, whatever nerd. How how cool are minerals, you know? Like yeah. I don't know how cool minerals are. Like well, that's I don't know why you, that's why you need to do a conversation on that. Like, do you okay, like, I don't know that what... either of us know the answer to that. <laughs> that's what you need out. to do. That's what yeah, I'm, okay. I'm so requesting anyway, so, for the show. Okay, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, Jack and I are doing the back to the bibliography, the the Blue Brew Baker Phillips stuff. So all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, and I've got a two parter on Fema with Jess, where Is we it? talk about books. 
What? You never talk about books. I know, I know it's so weird. So anyway, okay. that's me. What about you? Uh, I am doing stuff. Um, lots of different things. Find me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. If you're not, go subscribe there anyway. And the feed you're listening on Genuine Chit Chat, please subscribe. Leave reviews. As Tony said, reviews are currency. Ratings on Spotify, all that usual jazz. Um, what am I doing? Um, so I've got, uh, I'm recording with Scott Weatherly in a couple of weeks to do that whole Moon Knight conversation. Um, I've got a really weird conversation book tomorrow if it goes ahead. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, if it it does go ahead the way I think. Um, I've also got this Clone Wars conversations coming out monthly as well. Um, there's a lot of people that I've had on the show before I'm having on again this year. This is I, one of those times. Yes. I, I basically am like, this year is a comfort year for me because I'm getting married and all that jazz. So yeah. I'm like, let's get lots of people who are reliable, who are easy to talk to, and I don't have to worry if XYZ is going to happen because certain new guests, certain amount bail, which is just life. Um, yeah. But yeah, all that fun stuff, but supporting on Patreon, patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. Uh, myself and Megan release a bonus episode of that every single week, sometimes two. Loads of great things over there if you want to hear all my thoughts on reviews and if you want to hear more from Megan. And she's amazing so you should she is amazing uh, and Dis- disney discussions 11 that's being recorded next week as well and that's ria's pick and the preview is mouse related uh, so yes good r-e-s-c-u-e rescue aid society is that it R- rescue is, is, is wa- wa- one of them yeah one of the oh, two. okay uh, nice we're formulating okay. them from a lot of the submissions we got, got we, we're okay. using a lot of those right, right. but yes well mr tony farina thank you so much for coming on the show i love speaking thank to you. you it's always a delight i love reading it your books was. all your content including your newsletters and hearing from you on the various pod feeds uh, but friends thank you so much for tuning in subscribe all that usual lovely stuff subscribe to Tony's newsletter and etc links in the description i appreciate each and every one of you listening and i'll speak to you very soon and that's the end of the conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always, my friends. Make sure you follow Tony on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to his newsletter from his website. That's arfarina.com and all that amazing stuff. And check out the show notes, as I said, and look for other episodes I've done with Tony. We've collaborated quite a lot on the feed of Comics in Motion, as well as on this podcast feed, and also on a few others. So what have we got coming out over the coming weeks? Well, I do have a conversation with Rhea, Megan and Dan due for recording next week, which is Disney Discussions number 11. That is going to be mouse-centric films. So we're tackling The Rescuers and Basil the Great Mouse Detective. So that's going to be a great barrel of fun. Also, I'm having Scott Weatherly of the 20th Century Geek on the show to talk about Moon Knight in depth. He recently released an essay book of Moon Knight essays written by a variety of people, which he edited. And so we're going to do a deep dive into Moon Knight. Myself and Scott did speak about Moon Knight in depth I think in early 2023 or it might have been 2022 that was before the Moon Knight series came out so since then I've read a lot more Moon Knight obviously I've watched the whole series so it's a really great conversation especially if you're a fan of Moon Knight or if you're wanting to get into the realm of Moon Knight after seeing the Disney Plus series I'll also be recording Clone Wars Conversations Season 2 Part 1 with Dave and Math, so that will be coming out over the coming weeks as well. And then I've also got a couple of secret guest spots that I'm going to be doing as well, but I won't be able to talk about those until they have been recorded, and I have permission to talk about them from the people who own the podcasts. Make sure you follow a Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, X, Facebook, TikTok, and all those amazing places. Oh, and also Threads. I keep forgetting about Threads because I post on all of those places intermittently. TikTok's probably the one I use the least. Instagram's the one I probably use the most. So you can keep up to date with all the stuff that I'm up to and guest spots and all that kind of jazz. And there's also clips and snippets and things of a lot of the Genuine Chit Chat conversations I have as well. Please share with your friends. Please rate on Spotify. I want to get my Spotify ratings up because on Apple Podcasts, it's doing quite well. But I need a lot of people who are listening on Spotify. Please just give me a five-star rating. It works out great, especially if you're based in the UK. Please rate this on Spotify if you can. It only takes a few seconds and it does really, really help the show out. If you want to support the show even more, obviously you can share with your friends and that sort of stuff, which is really, really helpful and tell people about it. But also consider going to patreon.com slash genuine chat.
Over there, you'll get at least one bonus episode every single week. When there's episodes like this week's, which is part one and part two, I release them in one full part when part one drops on this normal feed. So you get early access to long, genuine chit chat episodes. You get weekly afterthoughts episodes. And also when part two drops on this feed of an episode that got split, you also get a bonus afterthoughts episode as well. So all of the Patreon listeners in the last seven days have had three episodes of afterthoughts, which totaled nearly an hour of bonus content. So you can pay just as little as one pound a month. You get instant access to over 200 episodes of afterthoughts, which is primarily primarily myself and Megan rating and reviewing a whole host of things, live performances, road trips we've been on, movies, TV shows, all that kind of stuff. And we like to do little random collections of things like horror or Christmas or those sorts of things. So please consider supporting me there. It means the absolute world to me. And you get loads of bonus content for doing that as well. But friends, that's enough for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'll talk to you next week with probably Disney Discussions 11, but it might also be the Moon Knight talk. I haven't fully decided. And then after that, it'll either be Clone Wars Conversations or the other one. And then we'll kind of see where we go from there. But thank you as always, and I'll speak to you then. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast. Mike Burton.